don't invest with your VA loan until. What's going on, guys? In today's episode, we're going to go over three things that you need to know before you invest with your VA loan. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, guys? My name is Dan Wynn, and welcome to another great episode of the Military Cash Flow. All right, so. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, just really quick note, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see that I have a different setup. So I'm trying to upgrade my, my uh, video quality, you know, to give you guys some more quality content, right? So, and I know my taste isn't the best, so I would love to hear your feedback, especially if there's anybody uh, that's, you know, that, that that's really, I don't know, uh, feng shui savvy, if you will, or, you know, to, to make this look a little bit better. I got some ugly floral curtains back here. I didn't, I should have, I should have asked my wife before I did this, but, um, you know, she wasn't really too happy about the curtain, but let me, let me know how you feel about this. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, give me some tips that, uh, give me some tips about this. And, um, also while you're there, you might as well hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. So you are getting our video notifications. And also just, like I said, leave a comment below. We really appreciate those. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, then check us out on YouTube um, and leave those comments. And you can see this funky background that I have set up and you can comment as well. Let me know, uh, help me get my feng shui on, you know? Uh, with that, today's episode, we're going to talk about some things that you need to know before you invest with your VA loan. So don't invest with your VA loan until number one, you have a solid financial foundation. Now, I'm talking about a financial foundation for the actual asset. Um, just, just, I just want to preface this because if you don't have a financial foundation, meaning your, you know, your bills aren't in order, your uh, credit isn't in order, your um, debt to income ratio isn't in order, uh, then you're not going to get qualified for the loan. So like an actual overall financial foundation, that kind of goes without saying. What I'm talking about is the, the foundation of the actual asset, meaning we all know that the VA loan is a fantastic loan product. It's the, literally the best loan product there is out there, right? So we don't have to put any money down. There are no loan caps, meaning you can, if you if you go to a bank and you um, qualify for a two million dollar loan, then guess what? You can you you can use that to buy a VA loan. You don't have to put you don't have to put anything down, and you can also get up to a four unit. So if you qualify for a loan, there's no loan caps if this is your first time using it, and that's a uh, an addition to the uh, 2020 upgrades that they had on the VA loan. So. We all know that the VA, there, there's no other loan product out there that that you can put 0% down. You, there's no loan cap. And then also you can get up to four units. There's no other loan product out there like that. So fantastic loan product. With that said, um, that leaves um, that leaves a lot of people open to, um, to kind of over leveraging themselves, right? So they you can go out and you can buy these, these $2 million homes and you don't have to put anything down. So, you know, if there's a market correction, or if there's something that you need to fix on the property, well, you don't have any equity 
you don't have any any reserves. You don't have anything. So and it wasn't you didn't need that to 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 buy that property. Now you're in a in, in a rough spot, right? So we want to prevent you from getting in that rough spot. We want to prevent you from uh, uh, being in a in, in a, a sucky position, right? So, um, me personally, when I go to buy properties with uh, the VA loan, I want to make sure that I have at least ten percent um, of that overall purchase price, right? Set aside. Now, I'm not saying I'm putting that towards a loan because. I don't have to put anything anything towards the loan, but at least I have that 10% there liquid in cash in the event that there is a market correction and maybe I do need to sell or something like that. Um, and in the event that there is some kind of capital expenditure that I need to pay for, I, I don't know, like uh, a, a roof, a roof, you know, goes bad or um the driveway or something, some of those major expenses, I at least have some funds set aside to combat that, right? So I'm not in a really, really bad situation um, because that, believe it or not, that happens to a lot of people. They buy at the, as, as much as they can, right? To the max of their um, limits. And then they put 0% down, they're over leveraged as a market correction. And now they're upside down on their mortgage. That's the worst position that you can be, being upside down on your mortgage. And then on top of that, you know, we're usually only at a duty station for like three or four years. And then you have the PCS and you're upside down on your mortgage. Now you have to support the house you're upside down on, plus the new place that you go to. That's a really sucky spot to be in. Um, or having to sell for a loss and trying to cover the difference, or just overall defaulting on a loan that puts you in a very, very, very bad position. So we don't want that to happen to you. So number one, make sure that you have a solid financial foundation. Don't invest in your VA loan until number two, you've analyzed the deal as an investment. I'll say that again, you've analyzed the deal as an investment. So we make money when we buy, right? And although, yes, you can use the VA loan for a single family home, that doesn't mean that you, you should buy that single family home without doing your due diligence and making sure that it can cash flow on the back end, right? Because it can cash flow on the back end, or at least you can sell, um, you can sell for a profit after all expenses, meaning you're your uh, realtor fees and basically just your closing costs, right? So to make sure that you can actually sell for a profit um, including your cl closing costs. So what is an example of not analyzing the deal? This happens very, very, very often. Um, a lot of people will go out, a lot of service members will go out and they'll buy a single family home, or usually it's a single family home, will go and buy a single family home and they won't, they don't know how much it rents for. They don't, all they see is, is a nice house. It's the best house on the block. This is what I want. This is where I want to take my pictures in front of and post on Facebook and post on Instagram and have this, all this, you know, the, the, you know, the, the picturesque lifestyle, right? So they buy the house and then three years later, they have to PCS. Now they are uh, in a position to where they either need to sell or they need to rent. Um, usually they'll say, well, I might as well make it a rental property. That sounds great, right? Make it a rental property. So let's go down that avenue. Let's make it a rental property. Let's say our mortgage is $1,200 a month. They didn't do their due diligence on the front end. So um, they don't know that that area, those homes only rent for $1,400 a month. Now, 
one person would say, wait a minute, my mortgage is $1,200. My rent, I'm collecting $1,400 in rent. I'm making a $200 profit. No, you're not making a $200 profit. <clears throat> the reason why is because you have to consider your property management, right? Who, who's taking care of the property? Are you going to take care of that property? Um, likely not. If you're halfway across the United States, you're likely not going to want to source tenant phone calls and, you know, take these random phone calls and deal with tenants and deal with contractors and all this other stuff while you're, you know, while you're halfway across the country and possibly deployed or possibly on some kind of other rotation, maybe out in the field or something, you're not going to want to do that. 99% of the time, you're probably going to, going to want to hire a property manager. Property managers cost 10% of your overall collective uh, over your overall rent, meaning 10% of $1,400, which you're, which you're collecting in the scenario, which means $140 is what they're, is what they're charging. That means you're, you're, your mortgage is $1,200, but you have to pay a property manager $140, right? So that's $340. That means your cash flow is $60 a month. Now, I want to be like, well, cash flow is $60 a month. That's great. No, you're not. Because every, once every other month, there's going to be expenses, right? There, there will be expenses. Those expenses will come in the form of, you know, a, a plumber, a plumber having to come out in unclog the toilet or something to that effect, right? Well, that is a $360 charge for a plumber to come out. Guess what? That just crushed uh, months worth of, worth of cash flow for you, right? And that's just one scenario. So an easy, for example, I'm actually renting a place right now. So I know it's weird. You, you guys are like, what do you mean? You, you know, you're preaching real estate, preaching real estate, but you're renting. Well, I own rental properties, right? but I'm renting where I'm at right now because of exactly what we're talking about. It just did, didn't make sense. For example, I just had to get, um, I just had to call the property manager and have them change the AC. The AC went out. That was literally a $600 job, right? That would have been 10 months of cash flow for that person in the scenario we're talking about, right? So he, they were paying $1,200 a mortgage, $140 to the property manager, right? And then add a $600 cost expense cost onto that, right? You, you literally just wiped out 10 months worth of property, uh, worth of profits. Now that's also not including any vacancy costs. Cause as you know, when, when uh, a tenant turns over and moves, usually there's about one to two weeks, sometimes even three weeks before a new tenant comes in. And during that time, there's additional expenses because the home needs to get repainted or the carpets need to be clean. Those are additional costs that you're eating there, right? So you look at it, look at it in totality, that person that, you know, their mortgage is $1,200 and they decided to use it as a rental, uh, they're actually losing money. They're just slowly losing money every single month. It's, it, you're not making any money. So um, because they didn't do their due diligence on the front end to see how much you know, it would rent for or how much they could collect in cash flow after all expenses, they've kind of put themselves in a crappy situation. Now that's the rental scenario. Now going back to the, the selling scenario, let's say you decide to sell it. All right, I bought the house for $150,000 and now I'm selling it for 160 three years later, $160,000 or $170,000 three years later. Yes, I just made $20,000 in profit. No, you didn't because you have to pay closing costs, you know, and closing costs are usually somewhere between, you know, six can be somewhere between six and 8% of, of whatever you're selling the home for. Right. So 
that, you know, you really didn't make any money there either. So I say all this to say you want to make sure that you you consider a few things when you're when you're analyzing um, this deal as an investment property. You want to make sure you consider what is the going rent for. You want to consider who's taking care of the property. How much is property manager charging? You want to you want to consider what are you going to be your expenses, right? Um, usually, you want to set a, set somewhere between five and ten percent aside to combat any of those expenses, right? So, whatever you're making in rental income, you want to take five to ten percent of that away and put that to the side to combat what's going on. Or you just want to have a large reserve, right? And then you're also going to want to think consider the condition of your cap of your capital expenditures capital expenditures are just large large items that typically take years before they expire like a uh, a water heater or a roof or a um sidewalk or or not sidewalk a driveway um or a, even a dishwasher right some of those things that have longer life periods but they cost money uh to actually change so you're going to want to consider some of those things before you decide whether you want to turn into a rental or you 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 know you want to sell this thing so consider that stuff on the front end to make sure that you analyze this deal correctly as a as a rental property it's one of the most common things I see from service members uh, before they, you know, when they use their VA loan, they don't they don't do the due diligence and analyze it as a rental property to make sure that they can actually cash flow before uh, they buy that home. So I want to make sure you don't do the same thing. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Don't invest with your VA loan until number three, you have several reasonable exit strategies. You have several reasonable exit strategies. All right. I say reasonable and I emphasize that point because oftentimes people have this pie in the sky, these pie in the sky dreams of how they're going to cash flow from, from their house. And it's based on just assumptions basically, right? So uh, make sure, kind of tying it back to number two, make sure you're doing your due diligence um, and you're analyzing as an investment so that you can truly identify uh, reasonable exit strategies. Now, what do I mean by an exit strategy? How are you going to profit once you leave that asset or once you PCS or 
whenever you are done living in that asset, how are you going to cash flow or how are you going to profit from that asset, right? Here's a couple of examples of exit strategies um, that I always look for. I go down the list before I buy properties, right? So one, can it be turned into a, a solid long-term rental that I can cash flow after all expenses, right? I want to be cash flowing at least $200 per door, right? Um, again, after all expenses, right? So is this a long-term hold? Um, a, a burr, that can be a, a strat an exit strategy as well. Is this a home that I bought on the front end that was kind of dilapidated and I could do some work to it? Um, I actually did a video on this. You can go check that out. Um, I think it's called like my first, my first uh, burr or my first renovation or something like that. Um, go check out our videos. We have a lot of videos, you know, I've analyzed a lot of my personal deals. Mike's done the same thing. Um, there are older videos, but go back and check them out and you can see, you know, how we analyze the deals and how we did all this stuff. Um, additionally, um, we have calculators now, like the military cash flow calculator that you can find in our Facebook group. Um, it's free. If you go into documents, you'll see it on there. You can look at our military cash flow Facebook group. You can analyze your deals that way. And hopefully that helps you. But going back to um, exit strategies, um, uh, the Burr, Burr method is an exit strategy. You can buy a home, right? A dilapidated home. You can go and you can renovate it. Um, you can uh, basically kind of do a live-in flip, right? Um, it's, I guess it's a modified Burr. So Burr stands for buy, renovate, um, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. Well, in our situation, because we have to occupy the residence, you can buy it you can renovate it, you can live in it, right? Basically kind of a live and flip. And then once you PCS, you can rent it out. And if you've made enough equity, you can refinance it. You can take some money out, right? Um, and then you can repeat the process. So it's kind of a modified military burr, if you will. I'm not sure if, I ever, if I'm the first person to coin that or not, but if I am, then you know, give me a shout out if you say it again, if you repeat this to someone else. <laughs> um, so the Burr is a, an example of a, an exit strategy. Um, can you turn this into a short-term rental? Um, we have, we've had several episodes about Airbnbs. Uh, uh, you can look at our episode three and one of our older, uh, another episode, I think it's in the 60s somewhere with um, Coach Cav, who is just crushing in the Airbnb uh, space. And he kind of explains how you can use the short-term rental market to capitalize on uh, large sums of, of month, monthly cash flow, right? So can I turn it into an Airbnb? That's another exit strategy, right? Um, can I just do a traditional live-in flip, right? You buy it and while you're living in it, you're making upgrades and then you sell it for profit. So these are some things you want to consider um, as far as making sure you have several exit strategies prior to buying. You don't want to just rely on one exit strategy. You want multiple exit strategies so that you have an out regardless of what happens in the market, Right. Um, and it gives you more options because you never know where you're really going to be at. Once you buy buy the home, you're going to be living there for three, four years. You don't know what's going to happen at the end of the four years. You might need several exit strategies. You might want to hold. You might, you know, need to refi. You might want to refi and get a lower, uh, lower interest rate like today's time. This is 2021 right now. This is December 2020. Or this is October, about to be October 2021. 
and interest rates are super, super low. So um, you might want to refinance and take advantage of that live in burr flip strategy that I talked about, right? Um, you might just want the cash. You might, might want to cash in right now and, and sell a property, sell your property and, and you know, take the, take the proceeds and invest somewhere else. Uh, you might want to take advantage. You might be in a hot short-term rental market. There are several different things that you want to consider. You don't know where you're going to be at uh, in, four, in four years. So just make sure you're, you're, you're taking advantage of that and you're really sitting and you're thinking of some of these extra strategies that you can take advantage of before you actually buy the property. So quick recap, the three things uh, that you want to do before you invest with your VA loan. One, want to make sure you have a solid financial foundation. Two, you want to make sure you analyze the deal as an investment property on the front end. And three, you want to make sure you have several realistic exit strategies, right? If you do those three things before you invest with your VA loan, you're going to be doing good, man. You're going to be doing well. Um, with that said, uh, please, again, if you're listening to this on podcast, do us a favor, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, again, seriously, let me know how you feel about these drapes, man. If you're watching this, you're watching this background, let me know how you're feeling about this background. Give me some suggestions to change or whatever, man. I'd really appreciate it. Um, also, while you're there, you might as well go and hit the like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe to our channel. Please leave us a comment down below. Um, additionally, if you are um, on Facebook, come join our Facebook group. We have about, uh, I think we're pushing 2,500 or so service members that are all helping each other build wealth and create cash flow through real estate, right? It's, a, it's just an open forum. We're all here to help each other um, build and create wealth through, cap through real estate. So